carry on your ERC 721K. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, there's just a ton of interest. I actually sent out an email this morning to people who are interested. And um, yeah, going to kind of just see, you know, kind of uh, how others want to contribute. But I know, you know, Makoso and Talisca also put an agenda today that we're going to kind of talk about some of this stuff. So I don't want to reveal too much. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the gist of it. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I mean, should we get started? Did you guys, I know Talisca, you had an agenda. Did we start that one? Uh, the agenda was for the meeting with Scott. Oh, got it. Not this one. Got it, got it, got it. Um, cool. Is there... Okay, cool. Is this like... Do we have no agenda for this one then? Yeah, it's a little more freeform. I think we could kind of uh, jump into some of the things the three of us have been working on in the background, get the feel of that, and then uh, open the floor to see if anyone has anything that you know we should keep in mind when we're talking to, to Scott. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we have a couple of things that we could, we could update, you know, obviously we've been you know, working on potentially the, the C course, C Corp stuff. And then we have this pixel pulley, uh, prototype. I mean, any thoughts on the best place to start or we just kick hey, it off? Uh, somewhere later in, I'll, uh, add on, uh, from the last discussion, I, uh, basically read most of the Arbitrum docs regarding that, uh, Arbitrum Nova that we were talking about last time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then yeah, we can we can cover a little bit of everything. Sounds good. Um, cool. Then I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and start uh, a little bit with the C Corp, unless Talisker Makosa, you want to kick that one off? No, I th yeah, go ahead, James. I think that's a good start. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So j just to catch everybody up and kind of get everybody to speed. So you know, last call I think we had a pretty long discussion. You know, it was almost a two-hour meeting, but we, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that I think you know. To, to kind of move quickly and also kind of take advantage of, of what's happening right now is kind of the best way to, to scale out the organization would be potentially to do it in phases. And so what I mean by that is like, first we set up a very basic like C Corp. It's not a lot of overhead. We don't really need to worry about like, oh, are we a nonprofit? Are we hitting these kind of certain you know parameters? And then that way we at least have a legal entity. Um, and what that allows us to do is, you know, uh, sign up for the Gitcoin grants, um, you know, maybe work with other partners who want to actually, you know, pay our entity. And from there, you know, we can pay core contributors. Um, so the idea is, yeah, we've been kind of researching a C-Corp. And so far, kind of the conclusion we've come to is we've looked at Stripe Atlas. So if you're not familiar with, with Stripe Atlas, um, Stripe Atlas is just like a, a subset feature of the bigger Stripe ecosystem, right? This payments ecosystem. But what they allow us to do is, is set up a C-Corp for, you know, roughly like 500 bucks. It's, it's, it's very cheap. Um, and what we're hoping to do with that is is get that set up. I know, I think maybe by uh, early next week or you know maybe even end of this week. I don't know, Ryan, you might have some more updates. Um, but that that'll let us kind of do the next step, which is like Gitcoin grants, and I think start working towards getting funding and making sure you know people who want to contribute um, to the core can can have some some funds. So that's kind of you know my perspective on it. But and if you guys want to add anything, obviously you know feel free. Yeah, I want to add like. Um the the whole idea and it, you know i listened to the recording of the call two weeks ago I, I missed it i was on vacation um but like all the work that's being done by the community members with like the research and like how to best do this um like where we're it's not like this is coming from left field where we're coming from this is based on all that research that's been done and kind of like the suggestion uh suggestions of the community of like how to best make um pooly dow happen and so what we're hearing from the research that's been done is we need kind of like it's like a two-part entity we need this like c corp for profit um to help stand up this pooly dow um entity and so this is like the first step in the direction of getting Pooley Dow going. Yeah, I think that's really important context because yeah, I think we just don't have the means or the resources right now to kind of do the more complicated one, right? Which is like this nonprofit or not even nonprofit, but like a wrapper around a Dow entity. It's just a lot. And I think like you said, right, it's, it's, it's a staging process. So yeah, thank you for definitely adding that context. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of keep in mind like this is literally the first step to building out that framework where we can start to establish the DAO and start actually like 
building it and having a way to make sure that people are, you know, getting what they need to in order to make it happen. Um, so, I mean, if there's any questions, we can definitely answer them. I know it's kind of just like low, you know, it is what it is. We're going to get this up. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think what I really want to kind of emphasize is, you know, my intention at least is to make sure that like, you know, Puli has some funds available for people who are, are really interested in participating. So, you know, this is an opportunity if you've been around for a while and, or, you know, these few months that we've been here and you do want to continue to participate, you know, please make that known. Like if you want, you know, maybe a stipend or you want to continue to either do art or help organize and kind of as just this community scales up, um, if you're interested in that, kind of let us know so we can, we can take an account for that and we can build up a budget because um, that's ultimately, in my mind, what, what this should be for, right? making sure that everybody can participate and, um, yeah, there's just the means to do that. So, but, but we need people to be vocal, right? So, like, you need to tell us that if that's what you want or need, um, then we can do that. So, because, you know, I've, I've, I'm really excited about Gitcoin grants, I think. I've just asked a few people, like, hey, what do you think if we do it? And people are just like, oh, it'll be fantastic. Like, you guys will crush it. It'll be great. People will love it. Um, so, I'm just, I'm really hopeful. And, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be in a good spot uh, pretty soon. I think it's good to note also that we are trying to put together a, a press release so then when everything is actually formed and we're ready to kind of, kind of bring this out formally, you know, there's going to be a little explainer that kind of go through the what's, the why's, the how's of you know, moving the direction it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a quick question. So how are you gonna how are you gonna like provide the stipend? Like where is it going to come from? Mm -hmm. So I think you know what we're thinking right now is you know this C corp, this legal entity can kind of just be this container for you know the funds that we get. Um, but ultimately, it'll be transparent, right? Like we want to have a complete transparency about where the funds are going. But what I'm imagining is kind of similar to what was very kind of briefly laid out a couple of weeks ago where we have these pods or like, you know, small teams who have an objective. And so an objective may be, you know, on an upcoming uh, camp, like around Tornado, you know, Cash or no, Coinbase was like, you know, doing legal stuff. But say we want to help another institution and we just want to organize a base and we there might be a specific goal. So a pod would be accountable for that. And we would say, hey, this pod has, you know, $10,000 to complete this goal. And then kind of it would be up to the people who want to be accountable for that um, to figure out the best way to spend those funds. So that's my, I, this, that's just how I would like to do it, but I think it, it's open and we can evolve it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think the pod structure of those teams like have in developer pod, artist pod, marketing pod, that kind of stuff is like, really, we're seeing some success with other DAOs and how they structure for those contributors. And um, so that seems like a good goal. Um, but to answer like where, how, if we even have these pod structures, how are we getting the funding? Um, which is a very good question. Uh, like the first, there's, there's a couple avenues. And the first step is kind of like this new pixel pooly project that we're going to be talking about another one we'll let games talked about is the gitcoin grants um and then we can also uh just try to reach out and get um some some type of funding directly from people or entities as well so on the i think on the kind of most like what's coming the soonest uh i would say is like the the pixel pooly project would you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, should we kind of dive into what we're thinking in terms of how that's all going to function and where we might host that? Yeah. Without further ado, Pixel Pooly project. Introduction to Pixel Poolies. Uh, back when we were trying to get art together um, before Godzilla came in and she beat everything up uh, and made all the cool stuff she has going on. David was working on the PFERS, um, I kind of dove into the nouns wormhole and started looking into how to make pixel stuff and went a little haywire and made a billion different iterations and things that you can fit together for pixel pulleys. Uh, one of the pixel pulleys is the little server icon right now. Uh, 
Um, so we were toying with the idea of, of taking those pixel pulleys and, you know, having those established as, you know, the initial raise in some fashion for the C-Corp to help fund everything going forward. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Tazgai. And the idea there is like um, to have kind of like a freedom in, you build your own pixel pool, you pick like the attributes you want, and then there's a premium tier uh, or like other premium tiers, which are the only way to get those traits are um, like uh, are paid. So they're paid in ETH. And so if you want, you anyone can mint for free, but... If you want some, like, a shield, a judge gavel, something like that, then it's going to be a paid version. And, uh, yeah, and so that's kind of like the basic I, idea. And the whole goal is to raise funds for the C-Corp to carry out this mission to eventually stand up the Puli Dao and whatnot. How does everyone feel on that? Anyone out there... Feeling good about that? Feeling negative? Want to provide feedback? Yeah, and I guess if no one wants to speak up, I'll add a little bit too, just to, um, you know, say just to contextualize a little bit. But like, you know, I think what we have in front of us is kind of two really quick ways to, you know, kind of bootstrap and get the money we needed. Right? We tried with the nouns grants style. We didn't get it, but it's all fine. You know, we we got a lot of other benefits from that. But um, you know, for me, I think the Gitcoin grant is kind of immediate. And then this other one, we can, I think, get out by the end of the week. Um, but for me, this is more this long-term one, right? The Gitcoin grant is temporary, but I think, you know, what, you know, Mac Professor just explained is like, you know, we have this ability now with this ERC-721K, and we can start to build up, I think, this longer game of pooly lore, which is like, hey, it's going to be, right now it's going to be pixel pooly, but, you know, maybe in a month is the chibi, and then after that, you know, it's going to be the PFers. And so this is, I think, just the first step in kind of this longer game of how we can, you know, get pooly embedded and both raise funds for like the core initiative but then also other campaigns and so i just wanted to add to that it like it's it's a small step this week but i think you know the growth is is kind of there for longer term of this could be a sustainable model for us um so yeah just i just wanted to throw that out there so people can kind of get context and maybe if it helps kind of spark some ideas that this isn't just like a a, a once a once you know one-stop thing we kind of want to continue growing this um so i just wanted to put that out uh just like if i may like uh, recollect that uh, that again so these gitcoin grants for the short term and then over the long term um more of these nft projects so the focus is like primarily on art projects um as a source of funding is it yeah and so and i'll add a little more context because this might be helpful so when we did the nouns grants proposal, we actually got interest from A16Z and, and Scott Commoner specifically. Um, and we actually have a meeting, me, myself, uh, myself, Makoso and Talisky are going to meet with him later today. And he wants to talk to us about like using NFTs the same way Pool Together did to, to fund public goods and kind of use this mechanism not only for us, right, but for other people kind of moving forward. And so, yeah, I think we're, we definitely... We personally are excited about it, but I think there's there's interest from outside who kind of want to see us prop this up. Um, so yeah, I, I think we definitely want to follow the route of the NFT and figure out maybe how we can add you know value add. So it's not just another NFT mint, but and I think we you know we're already doing that. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, I think betting big definitely on, on long term on on NFTs and and trying to build partnerships around it. Awesome, awesome. So uh, it's not art projects; it's more of like a framework for other people to follow on a similar project. Yeah. I, I ultimately think that's kind of where it'll end up at, right? Like, you know, we're still tinkering. A lot of it's an experiment or not an experiment, but we're still kind of putting things in place. But ultimately, yeah, I think that bigger vision will be, will be not quite a protocol, but like a framework. You can come to the Friends of Pooley website, right? And if you want to either A, kind of use our NFT base to kind of launch maybe your campaign for illegal stuff, then you could, but we maybe get a percentage of that, right? Because you're using our, our the lore and the symbology that we've built. And so maybe that goes back to the community or maybe you have your own NFT and you just want to kind of use our front end and code, then, you know, we won't take a fee. I don't know, right? But I, I think definitely, yeah, providing that service will we'll, we'll put Friends of Pooley kind of in a, a good position long-term. Um, Very promising. I mean, any other, anybody got any questions or I know, 
Yeah, Godzilla, you brought up a good point, too, of just, like, if, yeah, we need writers, too, right? So, like, I don't know, th th yeah, this is going to be a bit of a process, right? Because we need writers for artists, and then, like, artists need to be promoted and marketed. Um, so we do kind of have to figure out, like, what is the best way to, like, emergently organize and, and figure this out. And I think this is why pods will be good and, like, just the stipend, right? Because still, well, it's just, like, kind of unknown of how we organize this. I think it's important people can just feel comfortable experimenting as we figure this out because we don't have an answer yet to, to best do this. Um, so, yeah, there's multiple pieces. and we, so th I just don't think we have them all yet, but we need to, to make that space. Yeah, I do think it's like one step at a time, though, as well. Like we need to figure out, like you said, the, you know, the funding and stuff before we can even figure out how to best promote contributors and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, I'm just getting a little ahead of myself because I'm on a call, you know, I'm excited. I love it. <laughs> uh, so should we move on to kind of like maybe anyone? Like I see the next topic, if we're ready to move on, as we're having this meeting with Scott and any suggestions or points that people have that we should bring up or ask him or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I find I, no, and no suggestion, but I find it interesting also because A16Z like are also holders of the lawyer, am I right? Like the the one seventy five eighth one. So it's the judge. Yeah, interesting. Judge, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. That's definitely going to be one of the questions: is what are your intentions? <laughs> you know, like what. Uh, what do you see with the judge and what do you want to do with the judge and that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I, and I think just to add to that, we're, we're also just going in there. This is like an open conversation. I know I don't, as far as I can tell, there's like no real hard agenda. We're kind of just figuring it out. Um, and we'll definitely report back too. like, this isn't going to just be like, Oh, we're going to have this meeting and move forward. So we definitely will we'll share kind of what we learned or anything we, we discussed and, and bring that back here as uh, as well. Yeah, it's, it is very exploratory. Uh, I mean, the, the whole reason it started is you responded to one of the, the graphics that came spit out there in Friends of Pooley saying, hey, if you guys want to chat, DM me. So that's what we did. And we're going to have, you know, this, this talk with them to figure out market dynamics, talk about what's going on with the judge and, you know, what he and A16Z kind of feel Friends of Pooley could and you know where things align in terms of the community thinking and, and what you know their general opinion is yeah and, and just for context just so you know people are aware is you know the, the idea actually originally came from a16z um you know several months ago when you know Layton was you know really figuring out the best way to kind of overcome this he was having a lot of meetings with people and it was a16z who recommended hey like you should um we're doing NFT, do a legal case, you know, and raise funds that way. And so it will be great to kind of see if they had a, you know, if they see that as a big play piece moving forward, like they may see it as a, like a really important, right? So um, since they recommended it. So yeah, just for context that, that they actually planted this seed. So it's a little bit of a full circle in, in that way. It's an interesting application because it's not something that like they could have done. Like they can't just like create an NFT platform that supports other projects and i don't think they would be able to draw like the majority of the industry to basically collaborate with them so by creating this like kind of third party that has that's kind of disjointed from them it creates an opportunity to be able to uh, support the interests of people in the industry as well as theirs like they're heavily invested in the space and and probably most of the people in this conversation are like at least invested in the space via their their time and uh, interests uh, heavily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And they're super smart, so they may have even seen it like that, right? A bit of a, a chess play and kind of you know kickstart something up. So you know we'll never know, I think. But um, yeah, I think in that way. But we do serve that purpose. I think you're totally right. Like that is in my mind is is Pulley's strength, right? Because we're a little more organic. We're we're real. It's like you know we do care about the cause. We're putting in our time. Um, yeah, so in that way, yeah, I think we couldn't, we're filling a role that, yeah, you're right, that they, I don't, I don't think they could have, they could have done. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, 
So those, I mean, those are the two kind of major points I think we've had from the last two weeks. I don't know. Does anybody? Does anything else come to mind? Because I can't think of anything immediately besides those. That's that kind of. Yeah, that's kind of everything I was uh, thinking about um, that we would cover. Maybe we can. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else anyone else wants to talk about? Or I know James Rainey uh, mentioned that he had gone through and, and read the arbitrum items that he posted from the the last call. So if, if he has the ability to, you know, talk a little bit about that and we can, you know, kind of sit and think on that for a minute. That'd be cool. Yeah. 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 So basically the idea started around uh, looking at uh, Arbitrum Nova specifically uh, around the idea of how we could build NFTs uh, or NFT related things that are capable of doing functions that are just not possible uh with what's out there right now one of those things being like the ability for people that are that don't trust each other so they're in like different parts of the world to basically be able to uh, have some sort of pre-arranged agreement on how contributions will be measured and how they would be able to actually uh like get a percentage royalty or a percentage of the sale of the nft and then collaborate on the design actually be able to like include different parts or different characters or stuff like that and submit it in a way where you could actually prove it on the on the blockchain uh which because of gas like if you try to do that on like ethereum network obviously is going to cost probably more money than the, the project could raise so uh the idea is that on arbitrum nova so just so you guys have an idea of the difference so what arbitrum did is uh basically uh takes the transactions and bundles them and then uh, compresses the data a bit primarily is basically posting call data so just like the the final final data when all the people agree and before that what it's doing is all the computation work that you pay gas fees for. So say there's like an ad function or something like that. That's actually done on the Ethereum, or sorry, on the Arbitrum network. So all, all the computation costs, gas costs can be basically moved to the, uh, what they call right now, Arbitrum one that most people are used to. And by doing that, it substantially lowers your gas costs because you don't have to do the computation on, on ETH network. And you're able to actually do computation that just like wouldn't fit into an ETH block as well. And then uh, you only check the computation is correct if somebody says that it's wrong. So if one person says it's wrong, then the network will actually uh, go through a method that says, okay, uh, split the data. Like, do you believe uh, this part of the data is wrong or that part of the data? And then it keeps breaking it down through this uh, dispute resolution mechanism between the two parties, where basically each one has to keep pointing out the part that uh, that they disagree with the other individual. And then the network just, the Ethereum network is only responsible for doing the uh, basically math computation on the final part that there's a disagreement on instead of doing it on all of the data. Uh, so even uh, when there's a disagreement, it's far cheaper. Uh, what Arbitrum Nova does is it actually allows uh, a step further. So you have uh, less settlement assurances. It's not really a network that's designed for, like you would use it to do your $2 billion transfer. People would use like Bitcoin or ETH for it. It's meant for these uh, lower cost transactions. You know, somebody's doing like, uh, wants to move $1, can it be functional? So what they've done is they've basically put together a consortium of trusted validators, and then you can do a, a number of those people. So as long as, uh, say for example, none of them disagree and think that somebody posted something incorrect, then the network could continue. If one of them disagrees, then the network um, can actually 
switch to a roll-up through like an automated process and then the roll-up would actually uh, do exactly what the Arbitrum 1 does and, and validate on the Ethereum network. So it has this kind of fallback mechanism to verify what happened on the Ethereum network should somebody disagree, but allowing this consortium of people to uh, to, to keep going forward if there's no argument of of what's happening uh, on the chain. Oops, I'm just getting off mute. Yeah, that, that's um <clears throat> yeah, that's super rad. Um, I think definitely one you know aspect of you know this ERC seven twenty one k and kind of potentially kind of the more complicated bits of it and doing you know more composition and I think kind of what you got at last week was you know how do you as a you know a group or you know, a DAO, even a bigger group, kind of build these these pieces. And I'm with you. Like, it's definitely not going to happen on Ethereum. We have to figure out a way to kind of like, yeah, move those costs to these either a roll up or a side chain. But I'd be interested to hear just beyond the technical perspective, like, do you see a way in the future, like next couple of months where, you know, we could apply this cleverly to like Pooley to make, you know, it a fun user experience? Or where do you think we could, we could, you know, lift up some of this to, um, the average user and, and make it you know meaningful to them kind of all this interesting tech so so the two applications uh one i'm less sure of than the other so one is basically being able to uh integrate with a front end where basically the front end has blockchain functions that only exist on on arbitrum nova where you're doing things like you know you draw something in and you and you and you submit that that change uh, to to a piece of an image or something like that. I think that actually could be functionally possible uh, using this type of network structure because you you're not storing data everywhere uh, because there's less cost to data. Um, the other thing is applications where you're in person with people. So a lot of meetups and stuff like that have a need for as they meet people who have not really used blockchain like these might be people who are invested in the space they have funds like on a blockchain but now as we kind of enter this educational phase uh during the bear market you have people who are like venturing into kind of using the blockchain the first time themselves if they can interact with uh pooly based stuff without uh gas fees uh that would be interesting so for example if you could have uh, the person who's in charge of that meetup be able to like uh, put funds into the smart contract and then add a, bun a bunch of like uh, whitelisted addresses that could use, you know, their $5 of, of fees that are in the contract that that basically the contract's designed in, in such a way where like these people could interact with the blockchain sign a transaction but they don't have to have actually added any any gas like they don't have to have any ethereum in their wallet they literally just need a wallet and then to click to sign um as kind of a learning mechanism yeah those those are some really good points that actually made me i definitely want to address that but it brought up a good question for me uh just what we we're talking about earlier we actually do need to figure out where we need to mint uh the pixel pooly and other you know future ones to be and pfers if we want to do that on Ethereum mainnet, Optimism, or now as you've kind of you know brought into the table, Arbitrum. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because we do need to think about that. Um, but yeah, to your point of like, I really like this idea of making it people who are just getting into DeFi or maybe blockchain and being able to give them an experience where they may obviously may not have otherwise been on Ethereum mainnet. And Pooley maybe in a way kind of being that that first step. You know, I don't know if that's our core focus, right? Because we want to defend DeFi, but I could definitely see that being, yeah, a really interesting kind of thing for us to maybe focus on a small bit, right? Like helping people their first journey into, De you know, Ethereum or, or blockchain. And then, you know, we kind of attached, you know, oh, you've entered now, you know, defend DeFi in this, this little way. Like we've talked about like signing a constitution with your wallet address or maybe like doing something else. And then like if you sign that constitution, you could like maybe claim an ENS address. Like it would be, you know, your name dot like friends of Pooley dot ETH. But it would probably be really interesting, I think, you know, like you said, to find something that's very, very, very low cost so that when we have a call to action, it is accessible to, to more people. Because um, that'll that'll be important, I think. Yeah, as we move forward. So yeah, th th those are really good points. Um, 
I think that uh, part of uh, defending DeFi is just making it harder to start these cases and stuff in the first place. So if you have a platform application uh, uh, that's part of the industry that works alongside projects, that basically helps people get in and, and reduces the number of people who you know, fall for phishing schemes and, and a bunch of other things that are related around education. If you can reduce that, then uh, in general, you reduce the amount of issues the industry has, which kind of is like a proactive uh, defense of the industry. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, like preventing the rugging and preventing people from getting into like the terrors, right? Like educating them beforehand is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, if people had a better understanding of what's what's going on, I mean, uh, you know, even look at uh, what's it called to that uh, what it, there's like 11 fake developers that were all created by one guy on the Solana network that yep. created most of the TVL. Yep. You know, it's stuff like that, that that's lesser known. That, that's kind of scary <laughs> in the space for, for new people when, when they read that. And I think it's a really brutal thing for uh, regulators, right? Because they end up with constituents that, that come to them and are like, well, this is what's happening there. So you, you know, better be mean to them. Mm. Um, and, and ideally that's not what we want. We want people to, uh, be able to get in and, um, to kind of be a positive light where, uh, people can focus on, on the positive side instead of only focusing on, you know, that part that's not so, uh, you know, kind of embarrassing part. Yeah. No, you, that's a really good point, right? Is like, if these people do get hurt, they are going to go to the constituents or they are going to go to their representatives and they're going to be like, yeah, punish these guys. And we don't educate people to say like, hey, don't punish the, like punish the right people, but don't also hurt the good people. Yeah, that's definitely, yeah, total, like long-term, that's super duper important. I'm, I'm hearing you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it is a long-term thing. I don't, I don't think that like, and in the next like six months or something like that, that uh, some of those things are applicable because you you need to build kind of a brand around it as well as um, we'll need as an industry to probably get past this kind of destructive phase of uh, the bear market where like mm -hmm. the regulators are already coming after random shit for and there's too much negative sentiment make it so that you can get the majority of people on your side yeah because we definitely need to come out to the yeah this end yeah, yeah. it's because it's a little rough right the bear market there's a lot of attention regulation is coming yeah so for sure kind of make sure we just survive during this 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 part and then come out the other end thriving hopefully yeah exactly make make it through and then once we make it through then there'll be a, a bunch of other people who join in I mean, the numbers, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know, but like the numbers uh, are that 70% of the people in the space joined after 2019. So yeah, they're still, yeah, still new in the game. Um, yeah, this, this is good stuff. I'm, I'm happy we're having these conversations because it is important that we kind of think about, yeah, long term as well. Of just like, okay, we'll get this base in, you know, we'll get some money and, we'll, you know, resources really, right? Just sustain ourselves. Um, yeah, it's good to, like, this pooly new times is a great idea, right? Because then we can plant some of these seeds for that long-term growth, right? Like, how do we keep these communication lines open, right? Newsletters, maybe taking the Twitter a little more seriously. But, um, yeah, I'm really liking this idea of, like, yeah, a little more long-term vision and, yeah, education and, and onboarding. That's, that's really good stuff. It, it really sounds to me like after we get everything established, like, the long-term kind of initial framework is... Starting now to, to build those partnerships. That way, when, when we get to that point where we're in a bull market, we have good relationships with different protocols and different DAOs. That way, we can all kind of work together to educate any of the people that will be coming into the bull market, onboarding into crypto for the first time. Or, you know, for the people that ducked out during this bear and they're coming back in, kind of wash them all of their bad habits that they had previously if they had it. <laughs> Wash them of their sins. <laughs> the bad, the bad, the bad DeFi habits. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> bad guys. Yeah.
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we just we need to set this base up. Um, also, one thing before we, 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 you know, get closer to the meeting, I think I did want to bring up also, um, we should mention Sabotage kind of wanting to, um, or I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. So, yeah, Sabotage, if, for those who don't know, he was kind of been here since the beginning original uh, calls. He, he was one of the first people on the call. He had volunteered to step up and just be an active participant. Um, he mentioned to us, he just, you know, had to step down from some of his roles. His, his work got busy um, and that, you know, he, he would kind of uh, excommunicate communicate himself from uh, the Gnosis safe, but he nominated, I don't know if this would be public, but he nominated Get Off Dees to kind of replace him um, from, you know, the work that, you know, amazing work that's been done on the research and legal. Um, so I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that, you know, because he has been kind of present and uh, he said he'll, you know, pop in and, and stay around, but he kind of wanted to, um, yeah, transition a little bit. And so I just wanted to make that public and open up that conversation a little bit. And then I get off these. I don't know if we've publicly announced or if he told you specifically, but um, yeah, you've been you've been nominated to to join whatever it is we have kind of with the Nessa Safe. Other than that, and and participate. So if you're interested and you want to accept this nomination, you know, um, let us know. Do two chirp for yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I sent get off these a DM. Yeah, uh, thanks for yeah. that. So. Yeah. Yeah, Talinsky um, had reached out to me and let me know, and I would love to take the role. Awesome. Great. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I think that was just the final official business I wanted to do, but um, yeah, we can circle back around. Um, any, any other thoughts or questions or anybody want to bring anything up or circle back around on anything that we brought up? or um, If not, I would like to circle back around... Because I, I saw a vote for minting on L2, you know, Crypto Bear, I think our, our artist kind of mentioned wanting that. So I was also kind of leaning in that direction. Um, so I would love to hear other people's thoughts if they're against optimism or if they think we should do mainnet or, yeah, just whatever. Excuse me. Yeah, I want to, uh, since I'm hearing some more L2 voices than not, I just want to throw like a counter in there for mainnet which would be, um, you know, Mainnet is the OG, the safe one. Uh, the people are using it. The funds are on Mainnet. Also, if we want to do some sort of pooly NFT uh, whitelist, or um, if you hold a pooly NFT, you get a special, you, it unlocks a special trait. Um, that would be a lot easier on the same chain as Pooley, which would be mainnet. Yeah, exactly. For I mean, that, that was my same thoughts too, is like, we would lose all, I think, all that composability and potential on Ethereum mainnet. Um, that being said, I mean, Optimism, they did put out, uh, I think they grew almost to 1 billion TVL this last, you know, 30 days. They've, they've hit some impressive stats. Um, but yeah, we definitely would lose a lot of stuff, so. Yep. And on the other side of that, uh, for an L2, I would say if we did an L2, it would be optimism uh, just because the kind of mission statements align so well where optimism is trying to be this like uh, all for good, public goods, and so are we. Uh, so that makes sense. They're also, I, I think they're still building this um, NFT bridge from mainnet to optimism, but I don't know the status of that. Um, so I think if we do, if it's decided we do in L2, it would be optimism, uh, would be my vote. Yeah, me too. The, but I think where I'm at is I think I'm leaning towards mainnet just for the first project. Uh, mm. yeah, it's kind of where I'm at right now. I think for uh, right now, like Ethereum may not work, but realistically, uh, when people come back uh, into the market, uh, Ethereum may not leak. Even the core dev team of Ethereum are like actually designing Ethereum to not work for that purpose. Yep. So to to design a, our long term roadmap uh, against the purpose that the core devs of ethereum are going doesn't seem like a good direction to go uh long term at least short term yeah i mean you know gas is like seven guay right now so something that just came to mind was why not both 
Yeah, I was, I was actually going to touch on that. Uh, why not put out like a, I want to say Genesis, because I guess our poolies that we have now are our Genesis. But um, kind of like, oh, I don't want to say bridge, because that's not the right word. But yeah, kind of like lead on holders to be like, hey, we have this on Ethereum. Now let's slowly move on to optimism where we can do all this extra stuff easily as well as still keep, you know, a foot in mainnet and then a foot in optimism. I don't know how well that would work, but. The problem that I've found so far uh, is that I, I agree, like doing a both option probably is the best option. Uh, one issue is the bridging issue, uh, still kind of complicated. Then the other thing is the advantage, I guess, of, of both is that on mainnet seems to be where the the large amount of capital goes. So like people who are actually going to buy your NFT for large amounts of capital, that's probably going to happen on mainnet. But if you're only on mainnet, uh, from a marketing point of view, uh, people might not actually find out that your project, project exists because you just don't have the amount of interested parties with lesser capital who actually are the marketing force of your project because you know there was 10,000 of the the lesser quality nft and there there was 80 of the the more expensive one which it mostly are owned on the ethereum network versus the other one being owned on the l2 but actually causing a lot of the knowledge that the project even exists yeah, that, that's a really good point too, just about the users. Cause you know, one thing we could explore a little bit and we haven't done this in depth, or at least I, I haven't been around this much this week, you know, Ryan and Talisca have maybe have, but like the, the price of items. Um, so, you know, you know, pixel pooly is, is consists of, you know, a head, a body, a background, uh, and then accessories for the head and body. And, you know, what we were thinking was, um, Right, like the Defender Shield, if you so the idea is like Pixel Pooly kind of will be free to mint, right? You can mint it for free, you can even download it as an SVG and add it as your PFP. But our thinking was like we might have the Defender Shield would be one ETH, right? Like just a super high price. So if you want to do that, you could, and like maybe the gavel is like 0.5, or that's reversed, right? So the judge is a little more expensive, but um, you know, some I don't think we've totally nailed down kind of like what what user we would target and maybe that would help inform kind of what l2 we should go after or l2 or l1 um yeah that is a critical piece too just like how we want to 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 price the items um, um so yeah i just want to bring that up too and we could hmm, like okay so if we do launch on both mainnet and optimism we could have different price points based on the user like I'm thinking mainnet is going to be like what was said, there's more capital there and optimism might be kind of like smaller fish. So we could price it that way as well. Um, uh, hmm. Yeah. Never mind. Just thinking out loud. No, no, I, I think it's a good thought. Yeah. yeah. Cause like I, I, I have the same feeling as well that like, I'm sure there's whales on optimism, but it, it does attract people who are just like, oh, I want to play or, you know, I, I have a small amount over there. I don't have, you know, a lot. So it's just like, um, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah. Like, right, maybe like items are 0.1 over there by default and like on Ethereum mainnet is like, you know, 0.5 is kind of what you're getting at. Right. Yeah. Something like that. But then I was thinking like you could have, if you do launch on both, then you could have chain specific uh items too like like the higher price item let's say the shield's one eth you can't even get that on optimism kind of thing mm, super exclusive yeah so i don't know is there what's the cons of having this deployed on optimism and i definitely feel like i'll go ahead i think uh Go ahead, man. I was just going to say, I think people will favor one over the other, whichever will like be a higher price or people will create their, their rarity within them, you know, and then they'll, they'll make their own rarity be, being like, oh, well, the shield on Ethereum, since it's on the main net, it's more, uh, it's more secure or it's more, you know, important, more value than a shield on optimism. Uh, but like the idea of like having it, uh, specific only for that network 
might um, either strengthen that or hinder it. I'm not quite sure. I think uh, splitting it so you have stuff where basically uh, something is available on the Ethereum network but not available on the L2, even though you're using both, will probably cause more like PR problems than than actual benefit. Uh, that being said, like a lot of projects that I've seen where they do something that basically people in the community are like, oh, like you're trying to basically cater just to whales. Um, it creates just like a lot of nonsense for the community, e even though if it made sense from like a business point of view, from like a PR point of view, uh, they just end up like wasting their time dealing with it from a PR point of view. Yeah, interesting. Thanks for the, the insight. I wonder if we just keep it, maybe we're complicating this and just keep it simple. And I don't think that we should uh, use more than one roll-up to start, too. I, I agree with you on that, that, you know, if you're just going to use a roll-up, just start with, like, optimism and, and build up kind of, okay, here's the low-cost option, here's the high-cost option, and then start with that. And people will for sure will say, like, go on this one. But you don't have cross-chain composability right now in, in a good way. Uh, though there is a speech, um, because I, I do a lot of research in the space, there's a speech from uh, the roll-up that's being made by the Polygon team. Uh, one of them, uh, Hermes, the guy basically in his speech explains some mathematics that they're building that will allow... Um, really good cross-chain composability uh, once ZK uh, rollups are more prevalent. Uh, so it's coming, but like it, it's just not here. I guess how important is it, do you guys think, to have actual like Pooly NFTs work with uh, the this, this Pixel Pooly project? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just thinking about that a little bit and just like what that looks like. Um... I mean, so one thing is is a whitelist, time-sensitive whitelist, um, or it could be um, if you own a Pooly NFT, it unlocks your ability to add a specific trait to yep. your Pixel Pooly. So think if you have the judge in your wallet, then you're able to um, add the judge wig to the pixel pooly or something like that, something to that extent. Yep. Yeah. I, so I guess my mind goes back, I think a little bit to the long term, And this is, you know, the point that, that James made about like, even the core devs um, of Ethereum, they see a future in which, like you were saying, average users actually don't use Ethereum mainnet. What happens is like rollups basically just compress the state and push it onto Ethereum. It'll be like optimism, Arbitrum and Polygon basically competing for blockchain space. And it's kind of like unknown when that will happen, right? Like if all these people kind of get their rollups up to speed by the end of the year, you could very well see the mainnet almost never being usable again, average users, because everybody's basically competing for, for block space at that point. Um, but in my mind, I, I think composability actually, the time frame is actually somewhat limited on Ethereum mainnet. Um, and I would, I would safely bet on like Optimism or Arbitrum actually being eventually more composable um maybe even as little as like six months too the thing is economically you're competing for block space and then you have to compare like who you're competing for block space for so like our application is like you know call it for all nfts that are are basically art that's happening and and in a way that's you know functionally available to the average person yep. um you know you're not like billion dollar art pieces so uh when you compare that to like transactions like you know people start doing like uh you could literally see things like nation to nation settlement or a large business to business settlement start taking place on ethereum network uh bank to bank settlement you know visas looking at different things so when you start getting these like people who have uh, economic settlements in like tens of millions of dollars uh, their ability to pay for fees versus like the average individual they're just going to price them out it's just not going to become uh viable it's going to be basically those people and their settlement needs competing with the roll-ups and their settlement needs 
and, and it's good for the industry. Like these are the real use cases that like skeptics of the industry won't admit that we can actually provide settlement, like cross global settlement assurances way better than the banking system. They don't want to admit it. They, a lot of them will say like, it's all useless, but the reality is at the end of the day, you know, if in an hour you can transfer something that right now takes five days and has to go through five different parties, um, yeah, that's a bit better. Yeah. Um, so I, I know it's just the top of the hour and, you know, people may have meetings or, you know, want to move on. So, um, but yeah, just to summarize, just because it didn't seem like we came to a conclusion. So maybe, or maybe it feels like everyone's kind of on the route of optimism. Um, I mean, if there's a no right now, does anybody kind of want to speak up? I know, Ryan, you made a counterpoint just for the sake of it but would you be comfortable moving with optimism or uh, oh yeah i'm definitely not a no okay i'm okay. I'm, uh, I'm yeah i was just trying to uh sure. be devil's advocate and if we do optimism who knows we might get some op tokens hey you never know <laughs> you never never know um cool so yeah i just want to make sure yeah top of the hour um recap right so um we're going to do the C Corp, right? That's going to kind of hopefully, probably next week, we'll, we'll get that up uh, running. We're going to do the Gitcoin grant. And then we're going to try to aim for, you know, Pixel Pooley MVP, like end of next week, or maybe the, the, the early week after that. Um, yeah, James, you gave an update, which was fantastic. Thank you. Kind of more long term. Yeah, uh, definitely appreciate that. That's super helpful. Keep these conversations, I think. Yeah, forward looking. Um, and anything else? Am I, am I missing anything else? Or is, you want to recap on anything? I think that I think he got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think he nailed it. Cool. And then maybe we'll do we'll do a write up a little bit, um, just about optimism. I'd, yeah, I'd love to get some technical on spec a little bit, just like how we can maybe look. I'll look at the bridging, and we can look at that. Um, and I'll get something we as a community can look at just technically a little bit. Um, and then James, if you're around, I'd love to maybe brainstorm with you and uh, when something's. We have this MVP, and you know you can take a look at the contracts if you're interested, or just how we're doing SVGs, because um, we definitely need to figure out how we're going to optimize that, because that's a, a big, big. It's going to be a big cost, actually. We do if we don't use optimism, it's going to be thousands of dollars. So, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so bit around me, but um, yeah, I, I definitely want to talk about that in in more detail about uh, exactly how that communication happens and like what are the struggles of that, that communication that you guys are worried about. Um, those are different things I can look into. Cool, cool. sounds good. Um, sweet, anything else? Or should we wrap it up and give Craig the boot? I think we're good to wrap it up. Yeah, I second it. Cool, let's do it, meeting adjourned. <laughs> Where's the gavel? We need a gavel sound effect. Yep, an official one. You can add it in post. Perfect. Awesome, thanks guys. Um, cool. Then, um, yeah, I'll give you the updates.